Oh, yeah. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to a brand new season of the Unfiltered Experience. We are excited to join you here live here tonight on the video cast as normal every Friday night, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, your place where we have unfiltered conversations and it's designed to lift your spirits up, open your mind, and you expand your awareness so that you can live an amazing life. I'm Christopher Roush, the No Excuses Coach, and of course, I'm always joined here by my beautiful brother. Scott Coyette, here with you, Christopher Roush. Excited What's going on, man? It's good to see you. It's been a minute. <sighs> yeah, the world just goes so fast and sometimes so slow. But uh, lately, it's been the speed of light, just bam, bam, bam. Things happen. Yeah, it's been pretty amazing. I mean, the way things are changing, I can't even believe it's already freaking October. Like, I mean, when you think about the beginning of the year and how fast, like it was summertime and now we're dropping into fall. Oh, Got yeah. the Halloween decorations out in front of the house. My son's excited for Halloween. You're already planning Christmas and Thanksgiving. It's crazy how fast it's, it just it, it flows by. 100%. I'm just saying, yeah, it's. You know, it's interesting, um, you know, speaking of time and speaking of how things are going quickly is, you know, I'm all into the weird tools and, you know, like to try the new thing and like learn some new way to heal or grow. So we just did this thing. Um, It's biomagnetic. <clears throat> I'm probably butchering it and I'll, I'll get more info on it next time. But it's like biomagnetic resonance. And you sit in this room where from four different angles, you're receiving this biomagnetic frequencies with different lights. And so I went in there very very stressed you know like a lot of the things in the world and a lot of the things that are just impacting us and you know we do the tools chris we do the meditation right. the breath work i think this might be my new addiction and i was talking to the woman who owns the place and we might do some kind of a coaching trade she's a brilliant human being wonderful but i left there and i could literally feel because we're always talking about we're just energy time right. stood still for a minute i came to the present moment without you know, usually you're fighting to get there. You're, you're dealing with the chaos and the noise. And right. I was in that present moment. And then I was thinking, and we can talk about this throughout the program. What if we could just set up these? Because again, there's a lot of, it's a lot of money behind these, you know, things that they're sending this biomagnet. What if they had them at all plate corners of like the earth, you know, and, mm -hmm. and just fire down. So we're all just like feeling at peace. And like, we're right in the middle of like a war or fight and like, I just don't want to do this anymore. That's how I felt. I felt like I just don't want to fight anymore. They need those and at so, sporting events. They need those at sporting events. You walk in, you walk into the LA Coliseum and all of a sudden you're like, I'm ready to you know, fight against the Raiders. And all of a sudden you're like, love is in the air. Da, da, totally. Da. Totally. I'm going to hug you, brother. I'm going to hug you. It's like, you know, people are, when people are high on, on pot, you know, nobody's, you don't ever see any fights. You see fights at bars and at sporting events because people are all fucked up. But yeah, I think about it that same way. So it's BMR. I, I I'll have to check over, it out. I followed fought, fought over pizza once while I was stoned. What? I'm just kidding. <laughs> it just I was thinking, when would I fight if I was stoned? And it would be over food. That is my mm. submarine sandwich. <laughs> uh -huh. That's my fucking cookie, you asshole. Yeah. I'm gonna learn a little more about it. Um, again, usually I jump at things just to try because I'm always a, a, a willing guinea pig to learn and grow and uh, experience new perspectives. So I did a two second glance at the website, friend of a friend, I'm like, let's do it. And I walked out and she's like, how do you feel? And I'm like, I feel really, really good. And, and it's that's there in Austin? 
Yeah. Yeah. And so I've got to triple check like the, you know, I don't want to sit here and start speaking science of stuff that I've read in five seconds because right. I'm going to talk like an idiot. So I'll get more info. But I do know this. Um, when I left, I just felt very present. And I'm a fan of breath work. I'm a fan of, you know, some of the deeper breath work that we do and uh, meditation. I feel like this is going to be a, a new, beautiful tool in the artillery to kind of win the war on peace and kindness within our, our human hearts. So I'm excited. Beautiful. I'm going to share with, I'm going to share with you. I haven't even told you this. This is something that I've decided I've been doing a lot of research on it over the last couple of years, but I've decided to try this. I can't read it. Tell me what it is. <clears throat> yeah. It's basically psilocybin microdosing cool. psilocybin. So cool. I've decided that, uh, that, you know, based on all the research I've done over the last couple of years and what it does for PTSD victims and, and depression and anxiety, and just to be able to just bring about that, that inner piece of connectedness. I mean, it's something that I've always been after. It feels like I'm always chasing it and it feels like I'm always on this cusp of it, but I've talked to quite a few people who've actually participated in it and they're like, Chris, it really does change your perspective. I had a guest on the raw and unscripted show not too long ago. And afterwards we were talking about stuff because she was going through some tough times. And I said, I said, so how are you doing? What's going on? And she goes, you know what? She goes, honestly, I've been, she goes, I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, but I've been microdosing uh, mushrooms. And I said, no, no, no. I said, I'm actually really keen to understand this. And she goes, Chris, it's been phenomenal. She goes, it's not like I do it every day. I do it every couple of days, but I'm almost off all my medications. And she goes, I just find this, this inner peace. Like I don't have to fight with myself anymore. I'm not have to fight with the, the external vibrational energies and frequencies. She goes, I just feel more at peace and I feel more love. I feel like I'm a better mom. And so everybody I've talked to personally and the research that I've done just says, you know, speaks to me. So yeah, I'm going to give it a shot this weekend and see what's going on. You know, I don't want to, I don't, I always thought it was like, you know, you're tripping and stuff like that, but everybody says, no, no, you, no, 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 you, no. You just kind of get a feeling of, of like, you're just connected and everything's good. Yeah. Yeah. I see Khalil's here. Uh, yeah. He's going to be one of the guests. Khalil, thank you for being here, brother. Yeah. Khalil's going to be, going to be one of our guests here on the, on the show coming up. Yeah. He was actually says here, he says, a client just told me about microdosing mushrooms and said he loves it. Yeah. I've had tons and tons. I've never had a single person tell me it was bad. So uh, I had a friend of a friend uh, so, send me some stuff and I was like, all right, I'm going to give it a shot. So to that point, um, I, I want everybody to think of everything, every single tool available to humankind to work through your trauma, to get into the you know version of your best self. The reality is not everything works for everybody. And I think the way you try it, like what I just did, I just dove right in. I try something now. Right. Again, I think calculated risk, you know, jump in once you see somebody jump in first, you don't jump into, you know, a lake with with rocks there that, you know, make sure that there's some depth, <laughs> you can do it. So what I've seen and, you know, trying microdosing personally, too, is I mean, I think there's there's value to that without a question. And every once in a while, there's somebody who says they had a negative reaction, but it's like anything. I mean, I can say I have a net negative reaction to running and the rest of the time. <laughs> right. me, I mean, Especially some people trip. do. Yeah. So, so again, I think it's a great idea and I think people should figure out and curate a, what's the word I'm looking for? Discernment, you know, discern what works for you. Try things out, you know, check your intuition. Do you feel good about it? If it feels good, then run with it. Things yeah. show up for you if you're supposed to try them. Mm -hmm. That's what I think. I mean, when they always, the, the old adage that says, you know, when the T, when the student's ready, the teacher appears. 100%. And I think that, and I think that's something that, you know, our vibrational frequency and you've taught me this, you've done a great job of teaching me this. Like when you're wearing it, when you're in that space, when you're in that moment, those things are attracting to you and that those 100%. opportunities show up. And I firmly believe that when you start, you know, manifesting, like I want more peace in my life. And all of a sudden you're just like, Oh, here's this opportunity to, to microdose. And before I would have been completely against it. I'm not, I, I did acid once when I was 18 years old and absolutely fucking hated it. It was the worst experience of my life, yeah. but sitting there thinking about it and having that open mind, like, okay, what is the, what is the piece that's going to connect me? And it's all mother earth. 
You know, it's not like I'm buying drugs off a drug dealer. It's all essentially Mother Earth. Like when my friend went down to Peru and did ayahuasca, we're talking about this whole season's about leadership. She took it upon herself. She was in a depressive state. She was in a very angry and, and, and reactive state. And she and her husband were like, hey, you know, I've heard about this ayahuasca experience and it's supposed to open up doors and open up opportunities to see things that we buried so deeply inside of ourselves. And so she went down and she had those experiences. And she said the first couple of nights, because I think she did it for five nights. First couple of nights were kind of beautiful. She said the third night, she actually had a horrible experience, but it opened her mind up to the fact of what she was holding in from from parenting her daughters when she was younger and the resentments and the, and the, and the, and the, and the shame and the guilt. And she goes, it really opened her eyes to be able to, to let that go. And she was walked away from that experience. And ever since she's been such a different person, she's like, Chris, I really feel connected because I'm, I, I don't have that bottled up so deep inside. And so I think that's something that's really incumbent upon all of us. As we talk about leadership in, in these upcoming episodes, you know, personal lead, leadership and professional leadership, what is it that we can do to take responsibility to lead ourselves into the, into the life that we truly want, as opposed to just sitting there and saying, I hope, wish, and pray that one day it happens. So I'm going to answer that, that that baseline question right there. So what is it we can do in leadership to you know be the change, start with self? Listen to your intuition. So to your point right there, you know, Khalil was just bringing up, uh, he said yeah. that, you know, some people are talking about the least dangerous and probably the most effective plant medicines, you know, any kind of medicine that we can find is through things like DMT, psilocybin, um, no doubt. Eden was asking where we can get this. Um, I would private message that back to her and yeah. just, you know, send that to her, just let her know. Yeah. But think of this. When you open up your mind to source of the universe and open up your heart to the universe, you're going to elevate to a certain frequency. And again, you know, I teach this in my coaching. Chris is doing a lot of the same stuff. And we're really supporting people to elevate in frequency so you can get to where your brilliance is being shown back to the universe so that you can plug it in and connect and share what shows up there is going to be truth. So when you're sitting here saying, you know, source, I need assistance. And then two or three times you see microdosing and you're like, one, two, three. And by the third time, you're like, okay, what is this? And then somebody comes and they're not trying to sell it to you or push you to do it. They're just saying, yeah, here's a tool. When it shows up very organically and you're like, okay, I'm willing to give it a shot. That's when you move in and do these things. So mm -hmm. the next person who might say, oh, Chris said he's doing it. I want to do it. It might not be for you. Right. What I would say is maybe this is the first sign you heard it here with us. And maybe the next person who says it, I would sit back and just see, does the universe keep showing me this? And that's how I kind of do my little litmus test on whether I should do something. If yep, it shows up in a way that doesn't feel good, and then the next person brings it up and it kind of feels like, I don't really trust that guy or that person who brought it up. I'm not really connected to them. You know, if it shows up here and you're like, hey, I connect with Chris and Scott, and then you see it again and again then maybe do the investigatory research and decide, is this for me? Um, now, again, I'll jump in on certain things because I trust my intuition so deeply. The thing I did today with almost like zero research, because I'm like, okay, does anybody ever get hurt in this? Is this going to be okay? I do quick research and they're like, this is great for you. And I'm like, this aligns to me. I feel good about it. I'll go. Cause I'm yeah. so adept at trusting my, 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 my truth, like my intuition that I, I very rarely make a misstep on trusting it. Um, but again, that takes time. And that's what I'm coaching on is to understand how to get to that place where I'm good with this. I'll tell you this. You spoke about ayahuasca. I would be very cautious in deciding how and if you want to do ayahuasca. And when I say do engage in the plant medicine, because it's a really serious thing and it's a beautiful mm -hmm. opportunity for many. But it's yeah, not. I haven't been called to it yet. <laughs> and, and, but that's the beautiful answer right there. Like people are always like, oh, you've done it. Tell me about it. Should I do it? And, and here's my answer always. 
I don't know what you should do, but I can tell you this, this is a possibility that could happen with an experience with this plant medicine. Yeah. I mean, there's people who get lost on, you know, drugs like that. And I shouldn't use the word drugs, plant medicine. I'm on ayahuasca, iboga, some of these like really deep ones, and they might not return the same way. So if you're chasing something, anytime you're chasing something, step back and see if it's something you're aligned with, because don't chase things, elevate your frequency and that with what you're supposed to do will align with you. And if that doesn't make sense yet, then you're probably not there yet. <laughs> Khalil says here, I'm trying to see the aliens, LOL. I just posted oh, the, just I'll a, get just you a, to the aliens if you really know, I'm just teasing. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that, I think that's so important. I think the fact that, you know, if it's calling to you, if it's something that's speaking to you, that's one thing, you know, to, to take into consideration. I've known plenty of people who've done ayahuasca. I've watched documentaries on it and I know it's there if I need it and I choose to go there. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's just, you know, it's all about the fact that we need to be aware to take those tools. I mean, it's, I, it reminds me, of, I might screw this up, but I just recently heard this kind of like joke and whatever it was, it was like this guy, you know, was, uh, knew this hurricane was coming. It's like, God, give me a sign or give me the help that I need to do to know that I, I, that I need to leave my house in case of this hurricane. Cause they got this weather report and it's like, okay, everybody needs to evacuate there. And he's like, Nope, I'm going to stay here at my house. And then somebody drove by his house and said, Hey, you better come with us. You know? Um, he goes, Nope, I'm going to stay here at my house. I'm waiting for a sign. I'm waiting for a sign. And so it progressively kept going. And all of a sudden he's like, and then he winds up dying and he goes and meets God up in heaven. He's like, God, I thought you were going to give me a sign. He goes, I sent you a weather forecast. I sent you the people that drove by your house. I sent you this, I sent you that, you know, the, the, the police people showed up because but you chose not to accept it and i think that's a lot of the same that's in our life is we got to be aware we got to be cognizant when those opportunities show up for ourselves to be able to sit there and say hey listen you know i'm going to take advantage of this i'm gonna take responsibility for this and it's not a sign of weakness you know i was talking with somebody the other day you know vulnerability is a sign of strength and asking for help is a sign of strength because that's what's going to help us level up i wouldn't be the person i am today i wouldn't be half as successful as i am today if i had not said hey listen i, I need your help can you can you show me the way on this I don't know where I'm doing. And so I think that's important when we think about that leadership is, is that sign of strength is to be able to sit there and say, hey, listen, I'm going to move forward with my life and I need your help with me. I need you to guide the way. And I think that's what you and I do a, a great job of is like, hey, you know, some of us, you know, there's we're, we're ahead in a lot of places and we're lifting people up and saying, hey, come along with us. That's why we do this show every single week. And then both ourselves are like, OK, who, who's going to hold my hand and bring me up to that next level? So it's super important, guys, when you think about leveling up in your life, who it is that you're surrounding yourself and making that investment to work with coaches like Scott and myself or anybody or getting an accountability partner, because with that, that's what's going to cause you to level up and look at yourself in a different perspective. Amen to that. And and you got you really nailed it right there, too, is divinity is within the mix. So, you know, we're sitting here all the time chasing divinity like it's going to show up like like the Batmobile or whatever the bat sign is going to come up and be like, run from the hurricane or the tornado or whatever. And in reality, we are all the divine. So whether it's the weather forecast, whether it's the police person, whether it's the person driving by saying, come with us, we're fractals of source. And when we deny that, that's when we're denying our truth and our reality. So one of the things I would start checking in with is all possible ways that source could speak to you, whether it's through a thought, whether it's through something you see on, you know, a sign, a, a physical sign, it could be through a song, could be through somebody. You, you've got to be awake and you've got to be aware and awareness is step one to your limitless growth. I mean, it's that it's that simple, but we've got this thing in our idea that like God's going to come down and go, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and here's the deal. God's sitting on the corner next to you, starving and homeless, and you're walking right by him. So right. whatever you want to call God, universe, creator, source, we're missing that divinity every day because it's next to us in all present moments. And if you're not seeing it, 
then I would ask you to start getting deeper with yourself by looking very close to you, realizing you have heaven all around you and you're choosing something that is not that heaven. You can make the choice to find that in your present moment through the, the joy that lives within you. And if you don't see it yet or you're not starting to see it, then maybe there's something else that you can do to get into that space. What do you think about that, Scott? I think that I think that's a critical point for us to step off on is to talk about that, you know, that sense of worthiness, that, that sense of of trust and belief that we do deserve more. Because so many people are held back by their limiting beliefs and their previous occupations with what was when all that is is just electrical energy in our brains. I mean, we choose to focus on what we get to focus on. I think uh, it'd be great for you to explain a little bit more about that and kind of help people unlock that. Because I know a lot of people feel trapped and they feel stuck and they're feeling overwhelmed. I haven't I've seen more posts this week about it's end of times and the world's coming to going to hell yeah. and everything else yep. let's talk about that and see what we could do to help people kind of just shift that perspective just a little bit to see that the opportunity is there for them anytime they're ready to go that's perfect that's perfect that's a perfect lead-in and here's what people are saying like left and right when you talk to somebody the world's a mess and there's nothing i can do about it i hear that i hear that like so i'm gonna be the change i'm gonna be gandhi-esque and i'm just gonna make some shifts in my life and palestine and, and israel are gonna be fine it doesn't right. work just like that, but here's how it does work. The moment I start to create uh, impact, impactful leadership for myself. So I want to lead by example. So if I'm going to sit here and preach something and I'm going to say, you know, be cautious in what I do, trust my God, all the things that I'm babbling as I'm doing that, I've got to lead by example. The more hypocrisy that you're going to see from me, then you're going to see a mirror of that throughout the world. So here's the reality. I'm going to make a ton of mistakes. I'm going to be massively transparent and genuine and saying, here I go again as a human. I kind of made a mistake on that. But here's where I up level daily. So you're going to yeah. see the migration of a genuine human being elevating in spirit while here still dancing this vehicle on this planet Earth. And so what I would tell people to start doing is look at your friend. Look at the person that you go. They are the most amazing person on the planet. And tell me 10 things that are incredible about them. And I bet anybody's going to do the same thing. They're so genuine. They're so kind. They're, they're a great listener. They're, they're super generous. And you're going to come up with things real easily. And all I'm going to tell you to do is become that yeah. in this present moment. Because the reason you're able to see that in them is there's at least a seed plant of that within you that just hasn't grown to the full bloom yet. So, you know, when I see Chris, I'm like, man, Chris has some really good questions. And Chris is a giving human being. I can see that, in Chris, because it lives in me. Love you, brother. And so in that, when I see that and I'm like, oh, those are beautiful qualities that I must possess, too, and I want to amplify. So in that, I become better by being around those people. I, I'm around Chris and he becomes better being around me and we see it daily. Yeah. So you 100%. align yourself with those right people. What's going to happen is this. There's a critical mass that we have this perception is so far off. And what do I mean by that? So if you're in a room of 100 people, OK, and everybody is angry because we're not getting something. We're supposed to go into a theater and the, the guest of honor decides not to come in. And two, two hours later, so we're all standing there. And one person goes, but we're alive. Mm -hmm. But we're alive. But we're alive. And then the next one starts going. And all of a sudden, it's three or four people. Born to be alive. It. Yeah. And so <laughs> everybody song else, stuck in my head now. <laughs> all right. Everybody's kind of angry. And then a few people start going, well, we are here. He's making a, making a good point. And everyone starts the show outside. We all have the capacity to do that. And it might not be as rapid fire because it's one in seven and a half billion. But I will promise you this, that critical mass is much less than we think. 
So are we going to have some wars that need to come to fruition? Are we going to have some people die? Are we going to have some things that are um, somewhat horrific? Well, yeah, because we brought ourselves to a point where these systems need to come crashing down. We need to look more deeply. But you can start with you by just saying, you know what? I'm not going to directly pick a side. This might be a horribly unpopular position. Okay. <laughs> okay. But here's the deal. I can see things that maybe Israel might have done that are less than perfect. I can see some of the horrific nature of what Hamas has done in the present moment to um, Israel. And here's the thing. We're a bunch of humans who have dehumanized. Wherever that started, here we are. So right. what do we, because let's, let's say this, let's say as leaders, let's say in this present moment that I want to just kill everybody who I think is bad. So here's what I'm doing. I'm destroying shadows that are going to come back repeatedly. They're going to be born again and born again and born again. Mm -hmm. And we, so we right. take a moment to love them. 100%. Because we're one common, beautiful being from divine spirit, consciousness, pure consciousness, God, creator, universe. And we're fractalized. So when I kill and I'm not amplifying with love, saying I love everything about all of us, what's going to end up happening is that it's going to come back with a vengeance. And if that can't be seen in history or that can't be seen in present moment or that can't be seen, then you need to start reading some more history and yeah. you need to start looking more close at yourself. And a better question would be, why would I want to kill anybody? And I know this person is so horrific. They did this. They did this. Did you see the videos? How are you even defending? I'm not defending anything. Right. What I'm saying is this. We're in a place right now where there's so much pain. And if you guys want to go look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, there's groups that don't have their physiological and their safety needs met. And somebody comes in and says, that's the reason why you don't have your safety needs. Well, of course, you're going to go attack that which seems to be the problem. Until we love ourselves enough to see every one of us, every fractal of us, common source, and say, I see you, I love you, and we become self-actualized. I'm always talking about extending the sense of self or the definition of self. If talk, talk, is, talk a little bit about go deeper on that, that self-actualization, because I think people may, sure. may think they understand it. But I think one of the things that we can really do justice is, is to question. dig deeper, dig deeper into the into the definition of things. So people really kind of get what yeah. it is that we're talking about. And do that to me, too, because I say these things so much times, so many times to classes. Sometimes uh -huh. I'm saying it and I appreciate that. So in Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we've got physiological needs, the baseline of the pyramid. So that's the air I breathe, the water I drink the general shelter, just enough for me to function and survive to tomorrow. Then we've got safety needs, which incorporates both emotional and physical safety. So the animal is not going to come in from the bush and kill me. I've got some protection. I could sleep through the night. I'm kind of in a space where physiological and safety and my emotional safety, I feel I can get to tomorrow. So I'm kind of like in a reasonable place. Yeah. Then comes here I am, you know, sustaining. Now I want connection. So social needs. So my social needs, now I'm formulating a tribe. I get into a group. I feel good. Now esteem. Oh, what's my role in the tribe? I am warrior. So now I have a place that I feel like I am something. And then the self-actualization was where this all comes together. And I, I'm always talking about active observer. Maybe I start to recognize the idea that I'm both a participant. And I've got this identity of warrior and whatnot. And I'm safe. But I'm something more. And I step back as an active observer and I say, something more and i'm not sure what that is yet and this is where i would challenge you guys to think of this so if you're in a beautiful space where you're in a remotely self-actualized space or at least from social up 
social esteem or self-actualization, start entertaining the concept of expanding the sense of self with a definition of self. So here's how I see it. I am all that is seen and unseen. That's not egoic. That's heart-centric. That's expanding, going, I'm connected to all that is seen and unseen. I'm part of this universal energy, this universal consciousness. So when I see somebody, to dehumanize them doesn't conceptualize. Yeah. I can say, holy crap, how did that happen? But my first thing is I want to rewind, see how we got to this place so we can heal it at source or fix it in this current moment. And sometimes something might be horrific that needs to be done in the present moment. But we've got to at least try to figure out how to not go there. Yeah. And see things from other people, other people's perspective and, and their historical value. Yeah, what where, where did they them. where did they go through to get to where they're at? 100%. And, and I know we say the same thing all the time. You know, Viktor Frankl talks about what do we do between stimulus and reaction or mm -hmm. stimulus and response, not reaction. What do we do in that space? So we're being hyper challenged right now as a world. When something happens to us, how do we respond? It could be something as simple as a social media comment. We're about to say, what are you stupid? How do you believe that? What's wrong <laughs> with you? Or a comment I'm making right now and somebody's thinking, oh, so you don't take a side? So you side with them? And it's like, okay, you're being hyper reactive. You're, you're re reacting, you're not responding. Listen closely to what I'm saying. Yeah, I can imagine everyone's anger and hurt and emotions. And I can imagine that through empathy. And what I wanna do is see how do we process those things so that no more people need to get hurt. Yeah. And then the natural thing comes, well, those e people's e ideology, you don't understand, they're, they're horrible, they're this. Again, how do we get to a space where when we can read the word of a specific religion or a specific ideology sounds so kind and clean, how did it get distorted? How did we walk into that space? And how can we walk it back collectively? Mm -hmm. um, and again, this is really easy to say. This is to <laughs> say, okay, let's just walk it back. What I'm saying is we need to try because if we go in the other direction and we go full emotion and we, we kill each other, then we've dehumanized and we've, we've, we've lost if we're one and we ourself, we didn't love ourselves enough to expand into something beautiful. We didn't even entertain the idea of evolving to something incredible, which we already are. We've forgotten. Yeah. And, and I think that point, I think that point, Scott, is the fact that we have to look at those situations, those opportunities. I found myself this week, like, why is this triggering me? Like in that moment, when you want to go and react, why am I taking this so personal? What is it about? What is it within myself that I need to heal or I need to deal with that's causing me to want to have this outwardly reaction to somebody? And oftentimes I find that it's a trigger because they remind me of my mom. Or a particular works like I'm feeling attacked. I'm feeling like I'm being bullied. I'm feel like I'm being forced to think something I don't want to think. And so there's that internal warrior reaction to say, no, the fuck you are. Right. And so I think that's important for us as we heal as a human species. And we sit there and say, rather than reacting on something, let me take a few moments and go look in the mirror and say, why is this triggering me so bad? What is it about this situation? What is it about this person that I feel so much animosity and so much hate? Okay. It's reminding me of this. Okay, now once we get honest with ourselves, that healing process can start happening. My wife's not watching this, but there's every once in a while where she says things that totally remind me of my mom. And I'm like, that fucking pisses me off. And I'm like, why am I so mad at this person that I love so much? She just, she's she's taking me back to the childhood at the time when I was belittled and, and made to feel like shit. So now when I talk to her, I'm like, hey, I don't want you to take this the wrong way. But, you know, sometimes when you talk like that, it reminds me of my mom. And that's why you give me that, I get that, you know, uh, you know, silent treatment or whatever else, because I'm trying to process why that's, re that's causing me a reaction in that. So I think it's an important thing to kind of insert there is what you're saying is beautiful. 
of it. And you said the same thing with her. You know, sometimes you'll say, hey, can you do this? And it's just enough of an edge that it's like her dad telling her what to do. It's like yep. we all have this. We have those triggers that come. Khalil saying the same thing. It's good to see Lynn here. Um, Jacqueline, we've got the whole group. Um, yeah. But yeah, we, we all have that, you know. And, and so here's the thing. Everything that happened in our life is an opportunity in the experience that we, we get up to this present moment. And we have information we've experienced that allows us to get to a space to evolve. And the choices that we've currently made collectively have brought up some pretty crappy, crappy stuff. You know, we, we have war, we have lots of greed, we have a disparity in, in income and, and, you know, we'll have arguments. Well, that's just the way it works out with capitalism or whatever people want to preach. But at the end of the day, if we were all loving one another enough and to ourselves. help people find their brilliance. Yeah. Cause, cause here's the deal. If you, one thing that's always amazing to me is when people have everything on the planet and they're saying, you know, they just keep like saying, I love God and God gave me all this. Well, here's the deal. God didn't give us anything external. God gave us some beautiful gifts to share with the world. Okay. And he didn't say your gifts are better than your gifts are better than your gifts. We all have individual brilliance or gifts. So we should be creating some kind of equity in the sharing and the exchange of these gifts. Or we're all feeding one another. And there's a, there's a plethora, there's abundance. There's, there's tons of stuff for us to, to have an experience and share. And if we were bringing our brilliance and we weren't in an enslavement mode, I have to go do this job to pay the bills. No, yeah. I get you to get do to. this because this is what was given to me to share with the world. We're going to start getting taken care of on a massive level. And until we turn that corner and we don't dehumanize and we don't say, well, you know how those people are. Well, those people aren't smart. Those people aren't lazy. You know how that gender is. You know how that, I mean, just, just end it. And you know, what's the truth? Maybe some of those stereotypes are actually somewhat true. And you know why they're true? If I tell you you're stupid long enough, you're going to say I'm stupid and become stupid. 100%. So if that stereotype is true, it's because of the label that's being put upon a person long enough so they become it. And so you want to talk about leadership? Get to a space where you love yourself so much that you find your brilliance, that you empower others to find your brilliance by showing that you found yours. And put your level of empathy on, you know, amplification to level 10. And even though it hurts and exhausts you and the triggers show up, I mean, you're, you're seeing you're seeing me after I felt the feels of what's going on. I had my initial mm -hmm. reaction like, how the hell can people do? Huh? I did all that. And then you come back and you that stimulus space. What am I going to do in the space that's serving nobody? There's other things that happened before this. I'm not seeing every bit of it. Hmm. There's more than meets the eye here. And so. Right. This is what I want you guys to do for a second. This is one thing Chris and I are always teaching about active observer. Imagine I'm in New York City right now and I'm going to tell everybody I went to New York City and saw you in New York City. So I'm standing in front of the Empire State Building. It's right there. Hey, guys, I see New York City. It's amazing. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> now, what if I get out of the vehicle and I go to active observer and I start looking at New York City? Is New York City different than the view I just had? Mm -hmm. It's massively different. That's what people are doing right now with their one dimensional thinking going. That person's bad because of blank, because you're sitting right here. What does it take for us to take the steps back from our spiritual infinite truth and get to that active observer mode and extend the sense of self and say, "Ooh, this mess is me. This dysfunction is me. These choices that I have created is me collectively. Mm -hmm. 
And I am willing to engage in doing the inner work to heal this because it's worth it, because it's me, it's what I am. And not destroy it or fight it or say, me, 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 and tribalize, but find the reality that this is all me. And if you don't like what you see, change this vehicle right now and change the perspective. Get away from the building and see the whole city. Yeah. And hopefully those metaphors assist in, in processing this. It's so true. I mean, when you start to change the way you look at things, the things you start to look at change. I mean, Dr. Wayne Tyre talks about that. And it's all about that self-awareness and that accepting responsibility for, am I willing to continue to doing the things I've done, knowing that I'm going to get the same results? And what you're talking about, Scott, is a lot of what you know people are craving. People do things for one of two reasons, to avoid pain or to gain pleasure. And I think it's important for us to realize that the pain is not necessarily a bad thing. Like when you think about all the different times we've grown in our life, was it through painful experiences? Yeah. You know, the good times teach us something as well, you know, as far as gratitude and whatnot. But the pain of the experiences that we go through are like going through the valleys to get to the peaks, to be able to sit there and say, wow, look at this beautiful view. Just because I went through all this work and all this hell to be able to get here. That's the thing we're inviting you guys to sit there and realize is that leadership component is for us to sit there and take that personal responsibility to say, hey, listen, I'm not going to continue to do what I've always done. I'm going to get out of my comfort zone because my comfort zone doesn't teach me anything except for to stay comfortable. And that's the reality of this life is life is so short. And if we sit there and stay in our comfort zone, guess what? We're going to get to the end of our lives. And like we talk about every episode, literally, we should get a commission, the five regrets of the dying. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you know, you're going to look back on your yeah. life. You're going to look back on your life and go, wow, I'm so glad I played it safe. There's so hey, why haven't we gotten her on the show yet? We we need to get these authors on the show because right. we never shut up about them. Keep going. Exactly. I'm sorry. I, know. I was just when you said it, I'm like, why have we not interviewed them? I think that, I'm, I think I'm gonna make a I'll tell you, I'm gonna I'm make a note about that and get her on the That's show. That's a note this week. Let's make some phone calls because there's no no question we get in contact. Yeah. It's just us. <laughs> It's crazy. Like, why, why'd that just come up now? Sorry. Right. And I think, I think, uh, everybody here is making some beautiful comments. Thank you guys all so much for being here. Um, I love it. I love it. Uh, was it Robert says here, he says, Hey, Christopher and Scott and all present was going engaging in the comments of peace, pace, mobility's elephant challenge, Moby's uh, elephant challenge. Peace I accepted many inclinations to be amused and hopefully, uh, offered as many in return. Yeah. You just gotta be the light, Robert. I mean, you gotta sit there and say, Yes, you know, Robert says here, he says, yes, Scott, we're often mirrors for each other. And in order to be able to see these things in another, we must first be within ourselves. Yes. I mean, it's yes. so, so beautifully said. Um, Jacqueline says here, she goes, it's the choices that we make. Uh, we make either makes us or breaks us and choose wisely. It's so true because so many people sit there and think it's not in, within my control, but it truly is. I mean, if there's anything that's within your control, it's like, what can I control today? I can control how well I take care of myself. I can control, you know, how well I take care of other people. I can control what I eat. I control how my sleep is, how my hydration is, you know, that those five cornerstones of, of, of taking care of yourself, that's paramount in order to be able to live and lead an effective life. And when we think about leading our kids and leading our communities and leading the people at work. You know, we may not be in a leadership position, but what we can do is we can lead, like you said, Scott, through our actions. And those actions can sit there and inspire other people. I've inspired people without even saying anything before because like, wow, Chris, you know, what you say and what you do and how you hold yourself and you carry yourself really inspires me to do things for that. And I can tell you guys, no matter where you've been in your life, no matter where you are right now, when you start to take that responsibility, like Scott said, and sit there and say, you know what? I don't have to do anything. So many times we're, we're overburdened by ourselves. Oh, I have to do this. 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 But when you switch that, that, that angle around, you sit there and say, I get to do these things. I get to do the laundry for my family because I have an amazing family. There's people out there who have lost their children and lost their parents and lost their loved ones. They don't get to do the laundry for their kids anymore. 
and I'll share this before I shut up. Um, I recently had somebody tell me like they used to bitch about, you know, the toys being out this, they were giving me this advice because I'm kind of a neat freak and I got toys everywhere. And mm -hmm. like, Chris, before you know it, he's not going to want to play with those toys. He's not going to have those toys anymore. Those there's not going to be a mess anymore. And you're going to look back and wish you had that mess. So often the things that we complain about are the things that we're supposed to be grateful for the most. And I invite you guys to look in your life and I'm doing this as well. And it's helped me tremendously. And I wouldn't tell you guys anything that's nothing but the truth. It's helped me tremendously to look at the toys and be like, I'm grateful that they're there. I'm grateful for he plays with them. I'm grateful that I have that laughter in the house because I know pretty soon he's going to be off doing his own thing. And I'm going to look back and go, fuck, I wish I had those toys. I love that. And that actually ties into Khalil's comment really nicely. You know, we always look at those like old memes where you got two kids that look very differently and they're in a part of the world where there's a lot of racism or different isms and the kids are just like, here, take this and they're sharing. And, and so we see the innateness that I think we're brought, we're really created from a place of goodness and kindness and love. And what happens is over the course of teaching and experience and nurture, we start to get these identities based on those around us. And so I think we get pretty upset and we've created an identity we're like well they're wrong because our identity says i'm right and you're wrong and for me to sit here and say hey i could be wrong means what if that piece that i have to pull out is at the foundation of who i am it might all come come tumbling down so I, I i watch and i know we all do this and i would ask you to do this go watch arguments about you know the, this current war about politics about different isms and usually the comment people bring to the table isn't even a direct response to the question. So someone will say, yeah, I'll say, um, I don't know that I totally support everything that Israel is doing. I'm just putting that as a, I'm not saying that. And then somebody's going to go, oh, you don't like Jewish people? I'm like, yeah, what? exactly. Or, or, um, you know, Palestinian, Palestinians of people too. Oh, you support Hamas killing kids. Oh, I said that, didn't I? And so people are coming with some bullshit attachment to an identity or story. And yeah. they're not listening and processing anymore. So part of that is this. I'm stuck here in front of a news station or whatever else. I step back and I start to look at new news stations, new information, just simple thought. Like, wait a minute. If these people did this and this group did this, how did this group get the weapons? How did they penetrate this? Who did this? Why is this? All of a sudden, you're like, there's a lot more than meets the eye here. Yeah. There's a bunch of humans who are suffering. What can I start doing right now to end the suffering? And that's what I'm asking us is in some moment, in some moment, either now or in the future, we're going to change ourselves. We're going to do this simultaneously with the rest of ourselves. Chris and I are going to do it. Khalil's going to do it. Robert's going to do it. We're going to have Jacqueline doing it. Eden's going to do it. Everyone's going to do it in one collective moment. And you're going to see this massive shift of critical mass hit. And the world is going to change. And we can wait. You know, we can wait or we can do it now. And there's a reason I have this silly little thing right here called Go Love Now, because I've been preaching doing it now for a long time. And so hopefully I can be one small, small part of that equation of getting people to go love right now. You are because we love ourselves enough. Yeah. And and, and again, I, I want it to be faster. I want it to be. I want this to instantaneously hit Palestinians, Israelis, uh, people in Iran, Lebanon. And it's not there yet. But that doesn't mean I quit because I say that I am not enough. I am not capable. I align to the message and I share it. And when that critical mass is hit, so be it. And I don't even care if I get any credit for it. I just want to see the world shift for the better. And so, and that's better than the credit because that means 
we finally came into the truth of who we are. So we already won. Mm -hmm. So talking about, um, Chris, let's talk about some of the amazing people we've got. For you were show. just reading my fucking mind, dude. I was thinking about, Cleo, <laughs> I was like, we got to talk about some of the people we have, uh, bro, upcoming bro. in we're upcoming. And just to let you guys know, we've got Guy <laughs> Berlando. We've got Khalil who's uh, here commenting. Thank you, Khalil. Yeah. We got Sid McNary, who is a future presidential candidate in 2028. Um, we got Mig Guerrera. We got Tom Stuker. We got Stuart White. Um, we got some pretty phenomenal people that are, we're going to be bringing you guys over the next couple of weeks, the next six weeks, which we highly, highly, of course, we always ask you guys to come here and participate, but if you're interested at all in changing the trajectory of your life, come here, be very attentive and be very specific and intentional about the fact, what can I take away from each one of these speakers? Cause you think if you just take one thing, one aspect of each one of these speakers, these amazing guests that Scott's going to explain a little bit about when you go apply those in your life, think about your life six months from now and how much different it could truly be. That's not fucking wishy-washy or any, that's not any motivational bullshit. Your life could literally be fucking a lot different just by taking one, one, I, I say three, but taking one and applying those things and being very intentional about it. It's pretty incredible what your life can become. So yeah, Scott, explain some of these guys. So, you know, to Chris's point, um, listen to every single one of these people. Because it, like you said, if you took, you know, six people and you take one point from each, you're going to have an amazing shift. We don't just preach this. You know, Chris and I are in a coaching group and every single week when we meet, we add one more habit to create. Yep. So there's one more thing to do. And they might be small, it might be drinking enough water during the day. It might be have a positive thought right before you go to sleep so that you're actually predicting the outcome of tomorrow to be a good day versus, oh, crap, I've got to do this. It's going to be I get another chance at this game to make it even better. Can't wait for tomorrow. So little things like that. Imagine if you keep sprinkling in a new one every single day. Same thing's going to happen. You're going to listen to six phenomenal human beings. Not like, people that if you met in the street and you had an hour to talk to, you would be getting your money's worth times a thousand. Oh, yeah. So we've got one person who was originally supposed to be a member of the Thunderbirds and one of the best pilots on the planet. And some crazy stuff happened and it didn't all pan out. He's going to talk about how he led through that because imagine your whole life is to one goal. It doesn't quite happen. And then your your energy is shifted to something else. The guy is just phenomenal. And that's Guy Rolando. Yeah. Then we're going to be talking about um, we've got uh, a, uh, a cancer survivor who's working through and still, you know, healing through cancer. And I know we have a ton of people who listen to us who either have cancer or are struggling with cancer. And yeah. we're going to talk about the beauty and the idea of that we're always healing in every present moment. Um, essentially, we're already healed because we're perfect at source. So how do I have to do that to heal in my present body, um, the vehicle? We've got somebody who's running for president. We've got a, a someone who was supposed to be an F1 driver and now has shifted into a different format of off-road racing, uh, endurance racing. We've got somebody who's flown more miles than anybody else on the planet. He's flown <laughs> 33 million miles. That's it's crazy. He's the one. So if you guys remember the, the show with uh, – with, um, um, George Clooney up in the air. The show was made about this guy. He's going to be here. We've got another good friend um, who's actually one of the most amazing philanthropists on the planet. The guy was homeless at 15 coming from El Salvador and has since built an empire and gives back so much. And you just need to listen to the story. Um, I mean, every one of these people is nothing short of phenomenal. Please do yourself a favor, a favor and don't miss this. And then Chris and I are going to do another show at the end to wrap everything up because I already know you're going to be like, and just kind of want some uh, re-explanation and discussion about what you heard. because It's going to be powerful. Mm -hmm. so anything else to add, Chris? 
Oh, no, I no, 100%. I want to ask everybody who's watching right now live, who is somebody that you consider to be a leader in your life? Who is the hero in your mm. life? Put it in the comments section right now. Who is yeah. it somebody that you think is a good leader maybe uh, that's in today's world or who's led you in your life? And, and maybe just put a few words in there and we'd like to to acknowledge them. I know that Robert says here, he says, uh, I, did take, I did take Lauren Harris a very long time to get that uh, to stick with me. So, so Lauren Harris, we Dr. Lauren Michaels Harris, who we know of the show, um, has been working with Robert and he says, Hey, listen, this guy stuck with me. You know, it's important to find people that really elevate you and, and to, to, to invest your time and energy with them. Because so oftentimes we're focusing on the things that we don't want. We're focusing on the things that we're mad at. And guess what? That, that begets more things. So we invite you through the process of this, this little six week course, we can call this, this is like a, a six week course, you know, eight week course with Chris and Scott where we're going to bookend with this this particular episode here we're doing live and then the other one at the end of the at the, at the end of the conversation we encourage you to come back in in seven weeks and bring your notes and and, and engage yes. with us in the conversation like hey here's the here's the takeaways here's some of the things that i changed in my life because as you're actively doing it as you're actively teaching it and sharing it guess what it becomes exp exponential in your life don't keep it to yourself and set that example especially if you have kids like share the stuff with your kids that you're learning share the people share it with people your best friends like hey listen i just watched this show with guy verlando and in this you know he talks about you know the fact that when you shift your perspective and you change you know the fact that you could be a victim or a victor you know wow i feel like a victim in my life right now i feel like i'm a victim of what the government says i feel like i'm a victim of the news media i feel like i'm a victim of my past but yet i could realize i could change that around and, and realize that i'm the i'm the hero of my movie right now and then we, as we always tell you guys, I'll put the link here in a second, but go watch the Joseph Campbell story, the hero's yeah. journey on YouTube. It's like an hour and 26 minutes. It's a phenomenal representation. Oh, finding Joe. Finding, finding Joe. Joe. Yes. Thank you. Um, you know, it's a pretty, it's an excellent representation of wherever it is that you're possibly in your life right now that you can sit there and you can shift that perspective, you know, cause it is about taking that ownership and that responsibility and you do not need to hit bottom. You know, I see so many people at life, they do have to hit bottom in order to have that awakening, right? But wherever you guys are at right now, you're watching this show, you're listening to the show. This is an opportunity for you to sit there and say, hey, is what I've been doing working for me? Yes or no. It's not a maybe. It's not a partial. Is what I've been doing working for me? Yes or no. And when you accept that responsibility and it's tough, it's tough. We're not telling you it's going to be easy. I mean, life is hard. I've had some situations in my life right now where I've kind of have to stay, take a step back and go, is this really important to me? Is this really where I'm continuing to go? Because sometimes we change and we shift as we grow and we evolve and that's good and that's good. And sometimes the people in our life, we don't need those people anymore. And is that tough? Is that rough? Yes, absolutely. But when you look down the road, two or three years, two or six months, things can be so much different and you deserve that. I don't care what anybody's ever said to you guys, you deserve that. And this is the opportunity that we're, again, when the student's ready, the teacher appears, here, Scott and I are. We're open books. We're open hearts. You guys can go to the unfilteredexperience.com. You can join the Facebook community. You guys, you guys can be with us all the time and share your experiences and share your highs and share your lows and, and create this family, this unity. We call it the unfiltered crew together, together. Just imagine we spend 12 months together, what it is that we can change within ourselves, even Scott and I included. I mean, we're not perfect. We go through our own trials and tribulations as well, but together we, we grow and we evolve. And then other people outside of us go, what is what is what is Jacqueline doing? What is Dennis doing? What is Robert doing? What are what are they focusing on? They're not focusing on the news anymore. They're not focusing on politics. They're not focusing on shit they can change. They can't change, but bitch about. And it's pretty incredible what we can do, and we can level up and really make a difference in this world. And that's what we invite you guys to do: is to make that difference within yourself. Take that leadership because the people you're going to see in these episodes have all done that. They've all done it. That's a common cornerstone of what it is they have going on. Amen. What's up, Dennis? We've got Dennis coming in from China. China. Far What's going away. on? I appreciate you being here with us. 
I love Robert's it. got some calligraphy going on here. I think Hydro, he said Hydro, some Hydro, Chinese Hydro back to Robert to Dennis. Yeah. <laughs> so when you think about your life, Scott, who who is who has been one of the biggest leaders or the biggest heroes in your life that you think has gotten you to where you're at today? You know, the the, the ones who kind of showed me like the I don't want to say the obvious, but like the things that are probably like the baseline and the foundation of who I am. Um, my grandfather showed me enough of what to be a man to. He showed me enough to kind of give me a baseline. But again, he comes from a space where, you know, think of somebody who was born, you know, back in uh, 1917 or whatever it was, you yeah. know, whatever. Like, you know, he's going to have some like, <laughs> they just said some things that were unintentionally racist or stupid or, you know, just being honest. And that's just an older generation where they're trying to come in to figure out. So that was a good handoff of the baton. Um, then people after that, you know, my uncle, my mom, my, my stepdad, uh, you know, I think everybody had a hand in it. And I think what we need to do is we need to ultimately say that we're the leader that matters most and be your own hero, even if that feels egoic, because you've got to discern what lessons you're going to take from each person and take with you. One of the things that's funny is I tell my daughter all the time, I go, please, please, please take all the things from me that are amazing. And when you see something that's batshit crazy, two things, call it out. So maybe I can fix it. Yeah. But more importantly, just don't do it. Because there might be a sticky old piece of my identity that I'm trying to shed or not even fully aware of. It's in a blind spot. That's totally fine. That's how we evolve. So I think everybody, and this is just a suggestion, make sure that you're your own hero. So you're the leader and find many leaders that lead by example that you can take the tidbits that are most important, become the best version of you with them. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. I think it's really important to me. But I think about, you know, leaders for me, I would have never in a million years guessed that I would say this, but my mom, I mean, my mom was a very strong, independent woman. She was, she did a lot of things right. I mean, she did a lot of things wrong and that I could hold resentment and anger, anger towards her. But through the process of writing the book and through the process of my own growth, my own journey, when I sit there and I think about the things that she taught me about tenacity and about honesty and about, you know, really choosing to, to, to own who you are at your core and not let other people infiltrate that and build you up to be somebody right. that you're not so that you don't even know who you are at the end of the day. It's pretty incredible. I mean, she, she taught me a lot of different things and I'm grateful for all the different, the, the down times and the rough times and everything else, because I choose and I chose not to become that, you know, when I reunited with my sister back in 2005, she said, baby brother, how did you not turn out like mom? And my sister turned out exactly like my mother. It's another story. But I sat there and I said, because I chose not to. I said, I chose to read autobiographies by successful people. I chose to surround myself with people who empowered themselves, who didn't stay a victim to their past, right? And I've, I've chosen to be and spend money on masterminds and, and coaching and all those different things to be become the person I knew I needed to become. And I knew I needed to break that cycle of that, oh, poor me, and it's all everybody else's fault and everything else. And so I chose to do that. It's been a lot of work, but I'm proud of who I became out of that. And unfortunately, I had to wish my sister well because she was never going to see that. And so sometimes our greatest people that we we have animosity and, and anger towards might just be the people we should be most grateful for because of what they've taught us not to do. Yeah. And, and that's actually a beautiful space, I think, to end this show on is to just finish up with that. Yeah. I always just use a term that I don't know if it's the best term, but it, it resonates with people as negative angels. Yep. And it's what it is, is really when we're we're all mirrors, Robert mentioned it too, and we're mirrors to one another. So if we're sitting in a space where the lesson is trying to be learned, the lesson is trying to be learned, you know, throughout the course of, you know, our family's history, at some point, it needs to just punch us in the face so aggressively that it's ridiculous. And that might be something your mom did or the behavior she had. 
you've got to say there's no way I'm going to become that. Yeah. And sometimes we could take the gentle mirror going, this isn't exactly what I want, but it's good enough. You've got to look at it and go, holy shit, this is not where I'm going in my life. And that's just as powerful as a beautiful mentor who shows you exactly where you want to go. Sometimes even more powerful because to see where you don't want to go allows you to be the creator of where you do want to go. So I don't care what it is in your life where you're seeing people and trying to decide, well, I hated that person. Look again and figure out if you're better because of them, because I bet you are. Mm-hmm. A thousand percent. For those of you guys listening on the podcast, we got up on the screen, the unfiltered experience, go check it out. We've been doing this now for uh, a couple of years. We are on episode 131. So we have 130 episodes uh, with just Scott and myself with amazing guests who have, have uplifting stories, who have shared nuggets and, and actual and actual strategies of what mm-hmm. they've implemented in their life. So just because they're old episodes doesn't mean it's old information. So when you think about it again, here's your assignment, America, go back there. If you're having a tough time right now, financially, spiritually, mentally, physically, wherever it might be, go back and watch the unstoppable Tracy, go back and watch, um, the Dennis show, uh, uh Jimmy Dennis, Jimmy you know, Dennis. the guy that spent 25 years on death row for a murder. He didn't commit. Talk about resiliency. Talk about the way he overcome that negative chatter in his brain. So many different episodes out there. So we encourage you just go to the unfiltered experience.com. And, uh, and I put this up here. And so for all you guys watching and all you guys listening, do us a solid, take us with you take us with you. We are on podcast. We are on audio podcast. So again, going back to that assignment and just sit there and think about this, listen to a show every single week. You know, you've got the live show every single week, listen to another show and take that tidbit and start applying that stuff. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on iHeart. We're wherever you get podcasts, do us a solid. Even if you watch the show every single week, go there to subscribe and better yet share the shit out share it out. I mean, you want to make a difference in the world. You say you want to see change and you believe in Scott and I, because so many people say, Oh my God, you guys are so amazing. Share this out and just don't share it out, share it out and say, Hey, listen, here's something I learned in this particular episode. Here's something that I'm applying in my life. Start a conversation in your own family over dinner. Hey, what do you guys think about the fact that, you know, we should, we should spend more time focusing on what we're grateful for. When I have dinner with my family, I'm like, what was the best part of your day? That's a question I ask my son every single day. What was the best part of your day? And we focus on that. We could easily focus on all the negativity and like, oh, can you believe that they decapitated kids? And can you believe, you know, the the, the Trump thing? And, da, 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 da. and it, it's, that does nothing. It does nothing, ladies and gentlemen. So we're here to serve. We appreciate you guys for doing us that solid. And let us know what we can do for you. Let us know. Come to the Unfiltered Experience. Go to the Facebook group. Let us know who you want to see, what types of conversations you want to see us have. And we will do that because we're in this together. We're a family. So Scott and I love you and appreciate you. Um, you're my brother and, uh, we'll see you guys here next week. Next week we have Guy Berlando. So make sure you tune in and, uh, and be the change that you bitch about. Peace. Bye. Hi with Guy.